Hey guys, this is Francis, and welcome to As You Wish, where we explore one line from one verse of the book, Vashishta's Yoga. It's going to be an exciting ride. Here we go. So this one today I'm calling Thought Trend, and I'll give you a little bit of background on what's happening with the story progression. At this point, you know, Rama has been under duress, and his father's been worried, and he's talking to some sages, and he has a task to do. And so he's basically been summoned to meet with his father and the sages. And he, as he's walking toward them, they can see like a, this weight on him. And so they ask him, what's up? And he tells them that there has been this trend of thought that is robbing him of all hope. So that's where we are in the story. Uh, the quote this time I'm going to pull from this portion of the story is, my heart begins to question, what do people call happiness? And can it be had in the ever-changing objects of this world? Kind of reminds me of when I was a kid and uh, we used to kind of poke fun at this idea, you know, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose in life? You know, we used to kind of jokingly toss those phrases around because I don't know, what is the answer? And, and maybe it becomes too big to try to take on. But basically, at this point, Rama is sort of starting to ask, you know, is happiness even possible? So this whole beginning section of the book is on dispassion. And it's basically laying the foundation for the rest of the book. But it's looking at, like, if you come to, I want to call it the scorched earth version of reality, like, where are we? And um, what is possible? We don't know if happiness is possible. I think moving further, there's even more things that sort of get like knocked out of the picture. Asking again the question, why bother? So it's a little hard for me to go through this beginning part because I think down deep, I'm usually a more optimistic person. But, you know, we have to ask these questions to kind of get our bearings. And so the things that came up for me with this, basically three things. Referring to The Happiness Project, a book by Gretchen Rubin, the videos on YouTube from Thomas Frank, particularly on happiness. And then the third one is a book that is called The Joy of Movement by Kelly Marie McGonigal. That is her Instagram handle as well, at Kelly Marie McGonigal. I was just on there as well. So I think my desire to kind of defend this idea that there is happiness possible is kind of where I go with this. And if you look at this portion of the book, this section, it's actually short, but there are a couple of other great possible things to focus on. But this is the one I chose for today. So just to kind of get into the happiness project a little bit. So when we had a yoga studio, I was in charge of the newsletter, and I thought it would be fun to have a book club of sorts. And what ended up happening was I found this book called The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin, which I loved. It was very easy to take in. It was not overwhelming at all. And it was set up in chapters that addressed a to-do for each month of the year. So 12 chapters, 12 things to focus on to increase your happiness and you didn't have to be in a destitute place to start this book. You can start anywhere. But I think at any point, you know, the, the points in the book still apply. So what we did in the studio and in the newsletter was each month I released a newsletter and went and took in the chapter of the book and did the tasks. And it was actually a lot of fun. 
So one little piece of the puzzle from this book that I wanted to highlight a little bit was in a way how we can learn a little bit more about ourselves and therefore know, you know, what is going to bring us a little more happiness? What well, What's the way we operate in the world and different people are different. So one of the things that she talked about was the difference between a maximizer and a satisficer. So what does that mean? Basically, a maximizer is sort of like a label for a person and the way they operate in the world that is like this. They are the person that will investigate things to the max, to the maximum. They will look into every single possibility. They will break down the ins and outs, the pros and cons. You know, they'll search online for reviews. They'll look up all of the different possibilities for a certain item, maybe that they want to buy or a certain thing they want to look into so that they really know as much as possible about that thing. And then they will, at that point, make a choice. And they may actually still be unsatisfied with that choice. The other term that we brought up was a satisficer. So this is a different type of person. So a satisficer won't really look into things as in-depth as a maximizer. They'll look into a few you know, find what they think is the best one. And they'll pretty much kind of be satisfied at that, you know, with regard to the process of looking into things, they'll be satisfied with not going as in depth, they may do their due diligence, but they're not going to go crazy with a lot of investigation and research more than is in their minds necessary. And they'll kind of be satisfied with that. They'll also probably be satisfied with what they get. So it's like a difference I think if you know a little bit more about who you are and how you operate in the world, I think that can be a helpful tool. In the past, I may have brought up this idea of different personality types in Ayurveda, which is Vata, Kapha, and Pitta. And if you know your personality type with those, that is also helpful. Vata is more of a dreamer. Uh, Pitta is a go-getter. And Kapha is kind of like a steadfast you know, focus in the moment, just do what's in front of you person. And I think if you know the way these different kind of personality types work and which one you resonate with, then that can be helpful. You don't have to try to work outside of what works for you. So that's kind of it with the uh, happiness project and a few things about learning who you are, learning to know who you are. Um, the next thing, Thomas Frank. So I found Thomas Frank on YouTube and I really enjoy his videos. I found one of his that was interesting. It was on daily happiness. So he gave a bunch of tips on daily happiness that I thought were interesting and could be tools for us to check out. So I'll just list off what I gleaned from what he said. And the first one was to give yourself time to tinker explore and play. Literally just have some space in your day that you can do things like that. The second item, stay physically active and find activities that are actually fun. What a novel idea, right? So that you actually really want to do them and have fun with that. Number three, minimize things in your daily life that you don't like. I am a big fan of this one. Number four, take an occasional big break a mental reset. Number five, prioritize face-to-face -face interactions. I've found that even in COVID, 
while face-to-face interactions are minimal, that when I'm doing, say, an interview on my other podcast, Taylor Fit Wellness, doing audio as the podcast, but I, I on purpose do video interviews because that face-to-face time is really important. It affects how you interact with the other person, and it's joyful, really. So those are pieces of the puzzle from Thomas Frank. I enjoy his videos on YouTube, as I said, and I think they seem very practical, and he has a lot of other things on other topics. I first found him when I was looking for study skills. As I have returned to school and pursuing an occupational therapy degree, I don't think I ever learned as a kid. And um, I think that if we have kind of specific things laid out that can help us, then that's going to be a really important tool. Now, the third thing that I found, I kind of was stumbling on this one. I looked at different things. One of the things I looked at was to just see how many books on my shelf were about happiness. I have like three or four different books about happiness, The Happiness Project. There are a couple more. But um, I decided that this kind of resonated with me most today. I was listening to Lewis Howes and his interview with Kelly Marie McGonigal. And it's interesting. She is a Stanford psychologist, and she wrote a book called The Joy of Movement. It reminds me a little bit of The Joy of Cooking, so I think it'll be easy to remember. In the interview, she talks about the neurochemistry, the studies that are involved with how moving your body really affects your well-being. Human beings thrive when we are active. That was one of the points. And Our moment-to-moment sense of self is literally being informed by what our body is doing. So that was a quote from one of the videos I watched. She talked about in a different interview how our brain chemistry works with regard to different movements. There's the idea of the runner's high. She talked about this sense of euphoria is not the way everybody experiences that. For some people, it might be a sense of relief that like 20 minutes of cardio has on your brain. It mirrors endocabinoids, the effect of endocabinoids. This is the neurotransmitter that's released in your brain. That's what cannabis mirrors a little bit. So if you do exercise, you literally, your day goes better. Like you feel more relaxed. You just feel better. And there's a difference if you're doing cardio. Some people have that sense of euphoria, but some people just get more of a sense of relief and relaxation. One interesting thing I thought was if you're doing more weightlifting, you end up having to brace your core. And the way your brain sort of takes that in is this sense of I've got this and empowerment. So what a great tool to keep in mind. I mean, we all hear about how exercise makes you feel better, but to kind of get the sense from the way that Kelly McGonigal was talking about this with regard to studies that have been done. She is a Stanford psychologist, but also has been teaching group exercise classes in dance, which is, she's speaking to my heart here. I get all fired up and light up when I hear about dance and movement because that is my background. And I teach group exercise. I teach yoga. I teach Pilates. And I would love to connect more with the dance part, which may be in my future based on getting inspired here. And so those are kind of my takeaways. You know, as much as this part of the book is setting the foundation, kind of bringing us down to this sort of scorched earth kind of baseline of where to start from, and then I think build from there. You know, the thought trend that Rama had that that was just kind of like bringing him down. And and there is kind of a downward spiral when you get into a depression, you start to think about things that are going to bring you down more. It kind of it kind of happens that way. So, how do we pull ourselves up from our bootstraps and find ways to 
like Gretchen Rubin would say in the happiness project, to increase the happiness that you have already. If you're not in a down place, just increase your happiness from you are. But if you are in a place that is very dark, which I think can can easily be happening in, in a challenging time such as we're in now, what are practical tools that can help us? Right. So knowing a little bit about who you are, like from the happiness project and going through those practical steps as well and going through these kind of things to try out to increase our daily happiness, like the Thomas Frank list. And then also moving your body, joyful movement, literally jump for joy. There was just to kind of finish up when I was um, taking acting classes with Diane Ainsley, we used to do a, a exercise called statues. And sometimes we would do statues of animals and you would might try to do a higher level movement or a lower level movement, but literally your body, when you put it into different shapes, you can have different feelings and emotions that go with that. And so sometimes we would do statues of animals, but also sometimes we would do statues that had to do with your conditions or like the emotions you're feeling in the moment. And you might jump from one to the other in this sort of statue game. If you did sort of a small, like cramped shape, there's a feeling that goes with that. If you did a big jumping, joyful, up in the arms, lifting your heart, opening your eyes up toward the sky shape, your body, mind, spirit, soul, everything feels different. So in this idea of jumping for joy, of, you know, the joy of movement, and, and literally when you do up upward movements, lifting your arms, lifting your face, lifting your heart, you really do feel better. So if you have a chance to try the statues game, I highly recommend it. And I hope that these musings for today are helpful in your process and that we can all maybe be inspired to take on some of the practical things that might help us have a little more happiness, even if we are in the moment in a place where we're exploring this scorched earth. You might be in a down place, you might not be, but in the book, Rama is really in this low energetic, why are we here? What is our purpose in life place? I think we all end up there at certain points. So let's learn a little bit about who we are. Let's apply practical tips. And let's just literally put ourselves in a physical place where we are open and expansive and jumping for joy. And hopefully that's going to help us in our day. I hope this helps. I hope you have a great rest of your day. See you next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of the Yoga Vashishta. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you can get the next episode as soon as it comes out. We'll see you next time. Bye.